Do you feel impatient because you want to learn how to make Squarespace websites because you want to make more cash now? Like, is that why you're impatient? That's why you're more frustrated than you need to be? Like, I feel like that self-awareness is so key to dealing with frustration and stress. Kuno is the founder of PeopleMap, an Instagram marketing tool. She's also the founder of I Love Creatives, a platform for creative slashies. She lives in LA with her husband, who's also her business partner. You can find her online at Puno Dos Trace. She started her career as an agency art director, then moved on to Call of Duty Elite as a UX director. In 2009, she moved into the freelance space, designing websites and directing branding. She's a Squarespace authorized trainer, speaks on panels, and has produced a Squarespace design course and another on Instagram marketing. We met up at the Standard Hotel in downtown LA on the floor of my hotel room to record this conversation. You're listening to This Guy's Legit. Puno, thank you so much for making extra time in your day. This was like totally out of the blue and I roped you in and here you are. I love it. I love it. I really do. So I want to hear about your last 24 hours. I think that um, getting a sort of like a snapshot of, of what you've been up to, you know, especially for entrepreneurs, it's like you'll, you probably were all over the place. I think it gives people a really quick window into who you are and how you operate. Okay. We're going to get really into the weeds then. So keep it high level. Okay. (laughs) Basically in the past 24 hours, I had just launched my course the Squarespace design course. And this is the first time that I have scaled my Facebook ads. And it was the first time that I felt completely scared because I'm using my own money. And I was like, I spent like $12,000 in ads. Holy cow. Like just handing that to Facebook. Woof. So this is the first time that I was like, I, I reached out to so many people um, and needed advice. And it actually is one of the best things that I did because a lot of those things had turned into new things. But yesterday or this past 24 hours has been seeing like, did those work? So did they? Oh my God, dude, it's crazy. But I hit the exact number that I wanted. Oh wow. Like exact number. It's so nuts. How much time did you spend crafting those ads? Because if you're going to put that much money behind them... So much time, dude. Oh, my God. Facebook ads is not easy. And, like, people are always asking me, like, oh, Puna, I wish you would teach a course about Facebook ads. And I'm like, well, first of all, your creative has to be so legit, and I do not know how to teach that. Like, our ad is actually, like, it's a video with a couple of slides in it and, like, a really funny gif where I'm riding a mouse like a cursor mouse. <laughs> That's not what I had in my head, so I'm glad you specified. Like, God, I can't wait to see this ad. Gray mouse? I know. Who says that? Exactly. If someone says, God, I can't wait to see this ad, try again. Because it is, it's like, that's, the only way you can start. And we probably, I mean, we wrote the ad just specifically for Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's different. And then, um, like, and then I had to tweak it a bunch of times. It kept getting denied from Facebook. Like, it probably took a good 
two months. And I know some Facebook ads people are probably like, whoa, that's crazy. But it took me two months to like get it going. And then the next month it was just like figuring out how to scale the way that I was trying to scale. Um, but yeah, man, like the, the video was key. Like we would get comments that were like, wow, this is the best Facebook ad I've seen for an online course because both of those things are bad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, they have a stigma. I wouldn't say they're bad, but they certainly carry a stigma. They carry a stigma and like not many people put in enough work in that. And that, and I was talking to a lot of Facebook ads people, especially not the non-creative side, the people that actually run it. And the ones that are very successful have a very um, intense, like, relationship with their creative team. Mm -hmm. So they're like constantly coming up with ideas and helping writing and helping producing and helping like create creative for ads. Mm -hmm. And there's a gap because not a lot of video creators think about ads as like a place where they can make money. Um, But there's so many, if there's any company that's doing an ad, they need better creative and like, you need uh, you need to know what it's doing like you need to know what audience it's serving you need to know all these things in order for those to like really perform well and um and yeah like I was talking to this one guy and he was just like yeah I mean like it's like as if nobody knows how to make Facebook creative like there's no there's like how do you learn that you know there's all these different techniques. So I I just thought that was really interesting because I do think that that is um, hard. (laughs) It's super hard. I really appreciate that perspective that you shared about how like the creative team needs to be speaking to the, to the, whoever's the face, you know, like that, that there has to be that communication. And I, I think um, it's, it's really nice for me as a director and producer of video content to sort of hear that feedback like that it is like it's it is incredibly difficult to make a video that's going to go viral it's Mm -hmm. incredibly difficult to make creative that's going to have a hook and I mean that's what we specialize in and so it's like how do you find the right story with the right audience but you'd be shocked and maybe you wouldn't be but maybe our audience would be shocked to know how few organizations actually begin with the end in mind. Like they, they don't actually know who their audience is when they produce the video. And that's something that we're always talking about. Like, who is this for? What are we trying to get them to do? Like you have to know those things if you're gonna invest money in the content and then if you're gonna invest money to then share the content. And now because you have all this data, you can be like, oh, well the m- like majority of people for this specific video stopped watching it after 50%. So you spent all this time to put the punchline at the end and they never got there. Yep. And it's like, it's kind of those kinds of things that like whoever is running your ads has to communicate to the creatives so that there's synergy there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So were you always an entrepreneur? Like ever since you were little, what were you like as a kid? Were you like the one that was like sitting in your room, like coming up with an idea? Or were you the one that was like rallying the kids together? How, what was like little Puno? Little, <laughs> uh, little Puno. Well, you, you heard my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, little Puno was a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. She was a, a manipulator and a, a rallier. <laughs> but yes. I would say, yeah, I think I was I, I was an entrepreneur, just had, was misdirected for a couple of years in junior high. Yeah. It's easy for that to happen. <laughs> right. And also I was bored because yes. I was an only child. So I remember that I was like, 
I don't know, like 2.30 whenever you get home till 7.30 when my parents got home. I was kind of by myself. And this was pre-internet. Mm. So, and my parents had basic cable. They weren't a lot of books around the house. Like, I was really bored. So then I remember starting to steal and doing that stuff. Don't do it. You always get caught. <laughs> but like, I didn't get caught. You, what? I, I had a, I had a, I had like a full on strategy. Can I tell you the strategy and then we'll talk more about you. So I had this jacket. I really should have gotten caught. I was, I, it only lasted a short period of time, but I think that our thieving is like a, is a sign of something, you know, like there's something coming down the pike that's like not so, that we, there can, has, we can channel the energy. There right? needs to be like a thieving hobby, like something like I want to, instead of going, let's go swimming, like let's thieve, but like. And then give it back. In a boundary. End. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I had, I had this, this jacket that had a, oh my God, my mom's going to die when she hears this. I'm sorry, mom. It was like sixth grade and it had like a cut in the sleeve. And so what I would do was I would go to Claire's. And I would take two Poor of the Claire's. Things. Poor Claire's. Always getting so jacked, dude. Just straight up jacked. So I would get two of the same thing, and then I would drop one down the sleeve and put it back. Oh, that's great. But I only how did, did you, it for a short period? But how of time. did did you just like stand around with your hand up all the time? And then you're just like this, you know, until you leave the store. <laughs> just like you know, a little like just so you can visualize it. She has her arm at a ninety degree angle, and it doesn't ever go past like as if it's in a cast. Yeah. Anyway, enough about me and my thieving. God, I shouldn't have even said that. My mom's gonna be horrified. Well, like I mean, you got lucky. I think you just. I was ambitious. Like I was going for like the Clinique, and like yeah. That's where they put security guards. Claire's never had security guards. They no. have those mirrors on the top of the ceiling, and then maybe this 15-year-old kid would tell on you. Probably not, though. Yeah, but like <gasps> JCPenney, they had security guards. Because oh. they was a department store. So you go Did and get... Did you tell this whole story on Out of Line? Did I don't... you talk about the J- like JCPenney? Because I don't remember you talking about Clinique. <laughs> Jack and Clinique? Well, okay, so I was Jack and Clinique, and then I would resell it in my junior high. That's the entrepreneur part. And then you gave all that money back to Clinique <laughs> and you gave all the products back because we don't want you to get arrested. Because No, I got caught. I oh, straight okay, up got okay, caught. Okay. I got caught and then my parents uh, forced me to live with my grandparents. It was the worst. Sorry, grandparents. That's but like right. that was the worst ever. What did you learn from that experience? You're going to get caught. Yeah. And um, like... Just like, okay, if you're going to (laughs) thieve, just assume all, all things can happen Mm. and think Mm -hmm. about the consequences of getting caught and think about like what you would do as a parent to punish you because that's probably what your parents are going to do to you and just try to think, is that worth it? Yes. The other thing that I, I feel like I should have done is given my parents more ultimatums, like I want this Clinique blush. Give it to me or I'm going to steal it. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. I bet you were such an intense kid. No, I really wasn't. I was actually a great kid, very shy at home, super, like, loud and popular at school, um, which is why they were, like, confused. 
And uh, and oh yeah, I was a good kid. Yeah. I was like, I'm a good kid. Yeah. I just got, I don't know, I just got into trouble. I think that that happens to a lot of people. And I think what I have heard and experienced, like the more sort of like highly functioning people that I speak to, the more people I find had these moments, these sort of like little blips on their otherwise like super clean slate where like they just went, they, they, they've always been experimental. They always wanted to try something and they always wanted to see where the boundary was and just... Every so often, they would just take the, the toe, like, a little too far. And the best thing that ever happened to them is that they got caught. Yeah. You know? That because is it true. it just puts them back on the right path. Yeah. You know? And right when I got caught, then I was like, definitely didn't move forward from there. Yeah. Yeah. If your kids did that, what would happen? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. They're so little. You know, <laughs> oh, my son, he stole a, he stole a bookmark from the bookstore. Ooh. And he asked to buy it, and I said... Oh, he gave you an ultimatum. Yeah, and I said, we can't buy it, because, like, what I'm trying to teach him is that, like, we have a finite amount of money, Yeah. and we either need to, like, earn more money to buy something, or make a choice that we're not going to buy this other thing. Do a bookmark lesson. So... (laughs) He's like, like, woman, it's 10 cents. (laughs) It was not. It was $5. It's just like, it was... This is what I'm saying. It's like, I'm not buying you a $5 bookmark. That's just, I'll buy you a $20 book. Not buying you a five dollar bookmark. That I'm drawing the line. <laughs> so, you know, I said no. Nope, you got to put it back, sugar. And like we got in the car, and he was like, "Look, mom." And I'm like, "Bro, you stole that. You did you?" I asked him, "I said, did you pay for that?" He said, "No." I said, "Well, then that means you took it. You stole it." And he, he my husband has told him the story of when he got caught stealing, since he was really little. It's like. I think we just know we're in for it. Like everyone's kid is going to try to steal something. That's yeah. just like part of life. And he, you know, I said, well, you're going to have to give it to me, babe. And we're going to have to keep it in the glove box. And we're going to have to give it back to them the next time that we go to the store. And we gave it back to them the next time we went to the store. We, ha- I should have just parked right then and we should have gone back in. But um, I had somewhere to be. So we didn't, I didn't do like, I wasn't like full great parent. I was okay parent. Was he mortified? No, he wasn't. He understood. Like, oh. I don't, I didn't make a big deal out of it. I don't make a He just I, didn't know what stealing was. He just didn't was. know. Yeah. So like he just thought. he's so young. Yeah. He was like four. Like, you know, he was a, he's a very bright kid. So he was like a very bright four year old. See, and but, I think very bright kids are like, well, why wouldn't I take it? Right. You haven't given me any reasons yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, or something like that. Yeah. So when you, so he's going to be an entrepreneur hundred percent. He's, he's the one he's coming up like, mom, maybe we can sell these toys and then we can go buy some new toys. Like this is, this is what he does. And I'm just like, yes, bro. Because I don't know. I look, when I look to the, this, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about entrepreneurship is that when I look at the future, I'm seeing like, you're either going to create the machines, maintain the machines or make art. Mm. And so, you know, make creative, make stuff. And so I'm like, well, like, might as well make something. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to, like, own the fact that I'm an artist and, like, a creator. And so I'm like, okay, like, well, that's, I want to get at least give them options. Yeah. You know? Don't you feel like you have to do all three, though? Yes. Okay. But I'm not great at all three. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or you don't thrive in all three. Yeah. Like, the, I'm not technical. Mm. Um, like... If someone hands me a camera, I'm like, ooh, like I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I, I don't have the interest in learning. Mm. And so like I am not, um, I'm not great at everything I try. 
I'm good at a lot of the things that I try and there are some things that I have to work really, really hard to develop skills around. Um, but for me, like, I'm just not good at that. Yeah. Are you good at everything you try? No. Because you Because you have so, because you have so <laughs> many, it's like, uh, when I was listening to some of your other podcast episodes, it's like, you did this, then you did this, then you did this other thing. And like, every time it's like, you sort of stumbled into the new opportunity. Yeah. Um, so... To some, that might sound like, well, she's just great at everything. But, like, so tell me. I'm not good at taking care of plants. Oh, no. Will kill them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Husband, they thrive because of him. Because he's uh, he has a routine. He's very good at that. Um, gosh, I, there's so many things, like, that I'm just, like, not naturally great at. Totally. What are you best at, then? Um... I think public speaking. Cool. I feel like I, I have, I'm not nervous. Mm. Like it's a, like I've, I've realized that like being on camera or anything like that. I just, I don't care. Um, but I mean like afterwards, you know, you're always like, no oh, man, you know, about some yeah. creative things. But like most of the time, yeah, I think that I'm pretty comfortable talking in front of people and like on a camera. Great. Yeah. I'm trying to dig into that more too mm-hmm. because that was something that got taken away from me when I got in trouble. Oh. Yeah, I was in acting class and I was 11 and um, that was when I got in trouble. And <clears throat> I took, my mom had me in this acting class and uh, my acting teacher, Barbara Lassiter, was like, I think that you would be a really good actress. And, sh- and then she was like, would you like to try like really doing it? And I was like 11, but also, I don't know. I don't know how. I just remember saying like, I don't know how. I don't know how. And then she said, I'll help you. And then she was like, we have to get headshots first and let me talk to your mom and then let's just see. And then I got in trouble (gasps) and it got taken away from me. Whoa. So that's like, that's like the, the, the dream that never got to to flourish. Consequences, y'all. Whoa, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really glad you're doing it for yourself now, like that you're stepping in front of the camera and, and being the face of your business. Which took a while for me to embrace that again. Because I thought it was more, it was, I don't know, like it didn't make sense for one of our first companies, which is the travel app, because we were really like building a travel community and I can't be in all those places at once. It didn't make sense, and my aesthetic wasn't really what I had created as a brand. So I didn't do it. And then the Instagram marketing tool, I kind of, but not really. But in I Love Creatives, I'm really embracing it. Because Mm -hmm. like when I teach these courses, that's what people remember. Mm -hmm. And then whenever someone says, like, I ask them, like, where did you come from? So important for our business. And um, they'll say, like, oh, I, I... follow you or because of me or something like that. And I'm like, okay, then gotta own that. Yeah. I got to own it. And like my girlfriend like would always say that she would always be like, Puno, just use this. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to, you know, but, but that's, yeah. But listen, like we have to use, we have to leverage all the skills that are, there are a lot, there is a lot of competition. There are a lot of people who are trying to do it and trying to make it and trying to build a business. And so you have to use whatever leverage you have 
because there's someone else that has something better than you. So like, and it doesn't have to be a competition at that point. It's like when you, when you can stand and own your strengths and your own greatness, then it's not a competition anymore. It's a collaboration, which is something I see in you. Yeah. And I think when I, I finally realized that it's, it's actually easier to, to leverage it than to not, Mm -hmm. I think that's what made me realize, oh, you mean I just have to be myself? Like, oh, okay, that's easy. Yeah. Versus like the feeling of the, the, like, you need to post, you need to do this, you need to do this. Like, there are still certain things that I don't do. Like, I don't always go into my personal Instagram and talk about my company. Like, I rarely actually do that. And for me, that would make me not want to be the face. Mm. Like, little tasks like that. But if I had to be, like, the person in the video or the person teaching the course, like, to, that's okay. Sure. So I think I'm trying to, I'm starting to really identify what those boundaries are or what were those specific tasks that triggered me not wanting to be the face. Yeah. Because it wasn't really the face part. Mm -hmm. How do you identify those boundaries? And then how do you hold them? Like when you have several businesses, you also are an individual human being. How do you set yourself up for boundaries? So I have like a to-do list and then they never get done. (laughs) Literally. Like I have this one that's like post about your vlog, promote your vlog, promote the course. And I just never do it. Yeah. I just don't do it because I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah. But I'll do all this other stuff. Yeah. I think it's important also to listen to your own gut. And it's like sometimes you have to push anyway and just do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. But other times it's like when you're hesitating and you're not launching yet or you're not talking about something yet, it's because there's something in the back of your mind that is telling you it's not time. Yeah. Or like I haven't figured out how to do it in a way that I feel good about it. Yeah. 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 Yes, 100%. Have you had a big break in your career? Like, was there a moment oh, that's where a great question. Like, someone was like, someone put you on your first panel or someone like sent a bunch of traffic your way or, um, you know, gave you this opportunity or like gave you a bucket of money? I don't know. A bucket of money. Wouldn't that be nice? You know what? I, I kind of think, no, I don't think I've ever had a big break. It's always been lots of very micro, small things. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. I appreciate that perspective. I think, um, I think there's a lot of people who would look at you and say, wow, she's really successful. And I think that um, you know, there's also a lot of people that have the perception that like, that's handed to people. Mm. Um, and that like, some, someone just kicks a door down for you, and then you step <laughs> through it, and then you've made it. Um, and I think it's like, my hope is that some people who are listening will say, like, oh, okay, like... It's a bunch of little steps for me too. It's so many little steps. Um, and I think also, I don't know, this is going back to like the thinking big, thinking small thing. And I think I naturally actually think smaller hmm. than I do um, think bigger. And I don't know, I don't know like if that's been, that's why I'm exactly where I am right now or what. But, like, I don't believe in going viral. I just don't... I mean, I think that just happens to whoever, and they don't even know. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not something you can plan for. It's not something you can do. It's just, like, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, So, I feel like there's a bit of relief, like, to not have to think that way. Yeah. You know? 
because uh, I had this one student, and I swear to God, I was so mad about this student. <laughs> this is a dumb question. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Okay. But, like, I was teaching a class for six hours on Instagram. My whole strategy is about, like, authentic in networking, growing, slow. My strategy is literally called mine and grind. Like, it's mm. not, let's get fat, da, da, da. And then after six hours of talking, he was like, so I have to go viral tomorrow, like literally verbatim. I have to go viral tomorrow. What can I do? Because my thing is launching um, in a week and I need to go viral tomorrow. And I was like, I told him, right? Everybody looked at it and they all rolled their eyes. And then I was like, yo, you weren't listening to anything I just said. I am so happy to refund you right now because... I don't even, I can't even tell you, like, how much you missed the mark on this, like. Whoa. Yeah, but then just to to be so, like, to be in a state of mind where six hours of one person talking just does not penetrate you at all because you're so focused on going viral that you've missed so many lessons or so many conversations or so many opportunities, I just, I don't know. Like, to me, it's like, ugh, I would never want to be that clouded. Yeah. You know? I think that that's such a, that's such a good point. And I think that, um, you know, there are some people who sort of talk about like cultivating a connection with the universe. Right. And like figuring out a way to like sit with what is so that the universe can speak to you. And like some people say like, woo, that's real woo woo. But other people are like, no, it just means like, don't have a, don't have blinders on, right. be willing to learn. Don't have tunnel vision. Don't be so focused. So many companies are so focused on A that they miss B, C, D, E, and F. And B, C, D, E, and F are the things that could have made them a million dollars, you know, or could have made them whatever it is it was that their goal was. Maybe it wasn't monetary. Um, But I think it's really important for people to hear that, like, as entrepreneurs, you have to remain open to what's happening around you. You have to be nimble. You have to be learning. You have to be sitting. You have to get over whatever you think is going to be the magic bullet because what I'm hearing from you is that that doesn't, there is no magic bullet. I don't think so. I mean, it, it'll look like it later. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But like, like in the moment, in the moment, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's totally, and it's not a bad grind. Like I think that's the other misconception about the word grind, the hustle porn, all that crap. I actually, I personally love the the process of it. The Facebook ads thing was a little, that was a little, that was, that, was, that really like was another thing. But now I'm like, wow, I learned so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always, re- I've always embraced um, learning and I've embraced it more when it was kind of like taken away from me. Mm. So when I was at Activision, um, we were in like kind of like a high stress situation because like we had to launch something and um, there there was a point where if someone, if something didn't go right, then someone was fired. Mm, so there's gosh. like this feeling of like, you know, you can't learn from your mistakes. And I'm not saying like mistakes shouldn't have been made. I think that there's just, there's just a culture in which I, I definitely think mistakes can be made and that people should get fired for those mistakes. But like for what we were doing, I just, I felt like there was so much that we had learned to like 
break down your team like that because of, you know, we didn't just like look at what the situation was and Mm -hmm. that's why we made these decisions and can we learn from it? Mm. Are we ready to learn from it? Or do we have um, solutions moving forward? And we did. And so that's why I was like really not into that environment. And that's when I realized I love embracing, you know, consequences and iterating. And that's why, kind of why I I left advertising because I felt like we would work on something, like we'd work on a video for like six months and then not really see the consequences of like, did that affect anybody? Like, how did that do? Unless it went really big, that's kind of, you don't know. And then you move on to the next thing. And I, there, I wasn't fulfilled by that. I really wanted to be more in-house. So that's mm. when I worked at Activision and that was way more fulfilling to like understand like, you know, you're building something and the things you're doing, you can work on and create new ideas for. Um, I just needed the environment that allowed me to like make those mistakes or not make those mistakes or whatever, and just keep working at it. And really like, that's such a cool thing to, to have, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. What are, what would you describe or like what maybe like two or three key components do you think are necessary for people to thrive creatively? Oh, I feel like that self-awareness that you talked about is huge. That is so important for, gosh, for everything, how you like look at everything. Um, because like even like your own anxiety about your skill level or, um, what your personal motivations are for something like do you feel impatient because you want to learn how to make squarespace websites because you want to make more cash now like is that why you're impatient that's why you're more frustrated than you need to be like i feel like that self-awareness is so key to dealing with frustration and stress um and then the second thing is like um i guess it's it's kind of I don't know, I, this is self-awareness too, but it's like checking in with yourself on a very regular basis so that you don't have to wait till you're completely f- like messed up and then you deal with it. I think it's like more of that homeopathic uh, ver- like perspective where every day you be the bo- best boss you've ever wanted and just really like it, say, hey... Rachel, like, are you happy? Like, what's not making you happy? Do you, what what can we change about it today? You know, as opposed to like later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll deal with it. Um, And then I guess, was it three? Yeah, give me three. You gave me (laughs) self, you gave me Uh self-awareness, reflection. Reflection. Nice. And what's our third? (laughs) Mulan. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) Um, I think the third one is for creative to thrive. Gosh, it's so many. I'm like trying to pick because I have learning. I feel Mm. like embracing learning is, Mm -hmm. but, but like, I think, um, yeah, it would be learning, like learn how to learn. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that I'm trying to teach now more than anything is really like breaking down how I learn and how I'm so like an autodidact. How do I, how do I self teach myself? How do I 
I'm, I don't think I'm a technical person, right? Like, but how do I learn the things that I learned? And um, I'm really trying to break that down, but I feel like if you just like, want to learn something, you need to learn how to learn. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to... I like that. Okay. It works for me. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. So you are a connector. You've got a ton of friends. You've got a big community. You're doing good work in the world, um, which I'll talk about when I introduce you so people will know about that. How do you stay inspired when you are you know, having so much creative output, but you're also bootstrapping it? How do you recharge? I get high. Great. <laughs> okay. I love getting high. Actually, the other yesterday I was talking to somebody about this and I was like, I would love it if I need to create something in my work where I have to be high for like a day. Hmm. <laughs> and just like, no, it's really necessary that you just like smoke out and just like enjoy yourself. Kind of like, well, I have to go drink. I have to go meet these clients. You know? Sure, sure. So that's interesting. I mean, couldn't you just do that? True. You the boss, couldn't you just decide that like this day you're just going to you know, start it stoned and end it stoned. Yes. I was, that was like plan A and then like plan B would, or like plan B and then plan A was going to be like, Oh, it was also somewhat tied to something else. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you're going to build a Squarespace site for a cannabis company, (laughs) then maybe you just need to like go full immersive and that'll just be, I think it would take forever to get done. Fair. Fair. So yeah. Okay. Fair. (laughs) So what are you excited to try this year? Is there anything new that we can look forward to from coming out from you? Yes. I, I, I don't know if it's going to come out this year, but um, I'm also trying to come out with a podcast. Awesome. Yeah. We did a pilot and learned a lot about it. Yes. So it's called Intern. Ooh. And I basically go and I intern at a place and then talk about what I'm doing and what it's like to work at X as X. That's awesome. That could be expanded though. That could be a video series. I know it really. If you want to make it a show, let's talk about it. Okay. Cause I'm like, I've, I've got several show ideas that I've, that I'm like micro developing. I've never made one, so I'm not the expert on how to make a show, but I am a content expert and I would love to talk about that. Yeah. Oh wait. Okay. So you produce, I produce commercial content. Commercial content. I have a production company. We do high polished commercial photography and high polished commercial commercials video. Oh, and, and are you like, but you're trying to get into, but I, but you know, there's more to life than, than, you know, doing stuff for other people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just like full of creative ideas. And like, that was one of the goals we set for ourselves this year is like, we want to develop a pilot by the end of this year. And so we have, we're, we have, um, like a couple of different concepts that we're developing right now. Mm. Um, and I had this one great show idea, but it's, it's, it's not at all appealing to my team. Um, I've already said it before on a podcast, so I'll say it again. I, I want to make a show. It's a reality show. The hot moms of Instagram. Dude. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't you watch it? I would watch it. I would totally would watch it. Watch it. Okay. Kim Kardashian. I Right. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but you know, Redux. Um, but anyway, like this, this could be like the intern, like that could be a, a, a really compelling series. Yeah. You know, I've actually, I am trying, I've been looking into that model of like producing shows. Cause one of my uh, friends is actually doing a Kickstarter right now for a documentary about, um, 
uh, liquor store babies. Not Ooh. babies. Oh, like the kids that hang out in the liquor store? Um, the, the, the children of, of the, of the, the parents owners. that own. Yeah, because yeah. there are a lot of Koreans. Absolutely. And so um, she made the doc. She made a short film about about it, and then she needs thirty grand to do the documentary. And in the like the Kickstarter levels, one of them was an EP like five thousand dollar thing. And I never actually looked at like how the payout structure works for producers, but I was like. Why don't more startups mm-hmm. invest in content? Invest like this, but like not in an equity play where you have to be acquired because that's so rare for lots of businesses, but like in a profit play or in some kind of I mean, I know that you're selling a rights to a movie and that's how you make the money for the film, but it's still somewhat of a profit payout because it happens quickly. And so yeah, so I was just talking to her about it and I was like, maybe I could, you know, invest $10,000 in it, like right now, like, would that be like, what could I expect? I have no, I don't have any clue about how this world works. Yeah. It's, but, it's really, it's really tough. It's really tough because there are a lot of people making, there are a lot of people making docs. Sure. There are a lot of people pitching to Netflix and it's like, how do you, how are you that like one pinprick in the sea of sand that's going to like, or one grain in the sea of sand that's going to like make it through. Right. Or like the sperm. Like how's it going to be one sperm that like yeah. makes it through? Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a high, high, high risk, risk investment. Sure. So, but then there are other ways to do it as well. Like with the hot moms concept, it's like that can be funded before an episode ever even airs because with sponsorship opportunities and like product integration. So that's all that's there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it these days and you don't even have to get something like that picked up. You can self distribute. So it's like, you know, but again, this is something I'm just, I'm not an expert. Let's just keep bare, chatting. Yeah, we'll keep chatting for sure. So I love that. Back to you. Um, <laughs> do you set big goals for yourself? Like, do you say like in 10 years, I'm going to be this? I tried five. Cool. I couldn't even do that. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> fair. So, so, um, what do you love the most and what do you love the least about being your own boss? Um, the most is I get to make all the decisions. Um, the least is, I think it's my expectations because I have done everything. Mm. So my assumption is anybody can do what I just did. And I really need to like not think that way, but it's hard because when you did do it yourself, you're like, it's not that hard, you know? Yeah. Um, but not everybody sees it that way. Then how do you, how do you, if you have, you have a certain expectation, so how do you release control to someone else to do something that you've already perfected, but now like you have to free up your time to do something else? Well, the control's really easy when that person just does it and they take it and it's gone, you know, like that's a natural thing that happens. I think when, when it doesn't happen, um, I have to, I have to decide if I'm willing to train and if I'm willing to like be patient about it because like it actually, my husband and I were just chatting about this, how, um, companies are having to train more because they can't find someone who specifically does what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, they're putting that into their role is mm-hmm. like, it's going to train you. And I agree with that, but, but I also, it's hard to like, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's a weird thing too with I Love Creatives because 
we see so many jobs and we see the applicants that are coming into it. And that's actually why I made the Squarespace course too, because I put an ad out because I wanted an assistant to help me with my Squarespace websites. And I got like over a hundred applicants and maybe under 10 of them I thought were like actually good. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's not good because there's a mismatch. Maybe it's I Love Creatives, but I don't think so. I think there's just a mismatch of like skill level in this area. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm always kind of, it just depends on the person too, their willingness to learn because if, if they will take it and they'll run with it, then it's like, okay, sweet. But if it's just a grind over and over again, like, I don't know, to me, that's, it's just at some point I'm just going to be done with it Yeah, and I'm going to lose my patience. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. So Presumably, at this point in your career, people are approaching you from time to time with partnership opportunities. Hey, Puno, you know about this? Like, you want to partner with this? Or, hey, you want to you try this thing with me? How do you decide if a project or a partnership or even, like, a new client is coming through the door? How do you check and make sure, like, check yourself and make sure that it's the right fit and that you're not just doing it for a paycheck? Um, well, okay, so, like, there's... Because of my Instagram account, I mean, I'm, I'm not like I'm a micro influencer, but I do get approached a lot for that. And man, like the, just in the past year, I feel like there's so many that you know you can pick and choose. Mm -hmm. And I don't, unfortunately, I don't have to, um, that's not how I have to make my income. So I just say no all the time. Yeah. I, I think I've, I rarely say yes now. Um, Cause it's like for me, it's gotta it's gotta hit so many marks now. Tell me, what are the marks? Oh my gosh! Like if it's, I I even I really love this one company. I love them so much. I think their branding is beautiful. I think their product is great. But they use plastic for their um, for their product packaging. I know such a little thing, but there's so many products out there. I know I can find one that is excelling now and is just doing all the things right. I love that. I, I mean, I think it's so important for people to know what they believe in and to take a stand and to use their influence or their, or their, um, you know, dollars to, to support the businesses that are aligned with you ethically. Like we have so much power and I love that you're using it. And it's tough though, too, because I do have friends that have those companies and then you're just like, ah. So what it's I'll, hard to turn down a fat or even like a mediocre page. It's yeah. hard to turn down money when mm -hmm. all it takes is like a couple snapshots and a, and a post. I know. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I think that probably at the same time, people don't like feeling sold to. And so, you know, you're, the people who follow you are expecting you to, to retain their trust. And so if you all of a sudden turn from being this like really interesting, compelling person on the internet to being this person, this like sales shill, mm. they're going to see right through that. Like, that's not who she is. Like, wow, she's real. Like, she must not be all that successful if she's, you know, there's a lot of perceptions that happen. So I think, um, I think it's super important as a business person and as a person with a, with a public platform. And truly we all have a public platform, even if it's tiny, um, 
to know who they are, know mm-hmm. what their values are, and to and to be able to come back to that. Totally. You know what? I uh, as you're saying that, I was thinking about the other side of it, like the partnerships and the bigger businesses. I don't get a lot of those. Mm. I actually don't, and I try to reach out to specific companies, and my ideas are a little too off the wall. Mm. And I've, I've realized that. I feel like I need to like play the game more if that's mm. what I want to do because I'm always just like, what if we do this? And they're like, what is that, first of all? And I'm like, but I know it'll work. And then it's a little too crazy. Well, save those crazy ideas for your own True. sales points. Yeah. You know? And in 10 years, they're all going to be looking and saying, she knew, <laughs> she, she pitched me that. And now this agency is charging me $800,000 and pitching me that same idea. Like, I should have just gone with what Puno said. (laughs) This is what I believe. Yeah. So how will you know when you've made it? Oh, when I've made it. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. I feel like when I'm really able to, like, make a difference you know how that um, Bezos's wife, she just gave 50% of her... Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, girl. I mean, 50%. She's still got a lot of money left. <laughs> yeah, 50% of like a bunch of billions is still a bunch of billions. But like, yes, I thought... Yes, say more. I was like, that's that's rad. And she's being very like... Or she's trying to be very thoughtful about how it's going to be disseminated. And I was like, that's cool. I, I, I think that would be a really great goal is to like... If you do make it and you do make that amount of money, like how can you take the other amount of money you've made and just like really prop someone up mm-hmm. or like or grow something or I don't know. I'm just I'm excited about just like just being in a situation where I have been I have this amount of money because of the amount of experience that I've gained earning it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really excited about that part and then being able to, like, use those skills and, like, not just throw money to someone but be like, okay, this is how we're going to turn this into something that's real and not just um, a hand-me-down or a handout. Handout. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) Yeah. mm -hmm. A hand up. A hand up. A hand up. up. Yeah. You're good with those. (laughs) I'm a words words person. So um, I find... That for me and for many of the people that I have had on as guests on this podcast, the lines between like their life and their work don't actually exist. It's just sort of who you are. Mm -hmm. And so if we're living our lives in a way that is, it's just a life, like my last question for you is like, well, then what's the meaning of it all? So like, what's the meaning of life, Puno? (gasps) Dang, we got to get high. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you know, I I feel like it's got to do some, I, and this is not going to be as eloquent, but you might be able to wordsmith it. Um, it's something about being able to figure out how to share your perspective in the world and, and, and it being completely your way, something like that. But there's like lots of components to that. It's like having a perspective, which I feel like until like, you know, the homeless stuff and like trying to teach people and these kinds of things. I haven't really created a perspective yet. It's starting to get molded. Um, and then, and then getting the hard skills to 
learn to like figure out how to communicate that, whether it's visually or video or whatever, like you have to, you have to hone your craft and then you can be able to talk about it. And then like just having the persistence to actually execute, like to, to tell your perspective to, and like do it to the point to where it actually is working and it's and it's like making an impact like all those three it's like it's not an easy task to tell someone to do that but I feel like we're all trying to do that in some way whether it's with your kids like that's huge making an impression on another human being or even your little sisters I have two little sisters I'm always trying to think of ways to do that with them Um, because I remember how much the little things that my the adults in my childhood would say to me and how much it impacted me. I'm like, gosh. Just like you don't remember much back then, but like just that one sentence that, that your aunt said to you or something was like <laughs> everything. <Yeah. laughs> so I like I could feel like, yeah, I think that would be is that the meaning of life? Who knows? Maybe. Uh, I like it. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Thank you so much for making time to be with me. This was like the most fun ever. And you have great hair. Oh my God. Thank you. I was going to put it up because it's like starting to get all messy. Oh, I like in the, in the, um, through this, I was like, I'm not good at memorizing. Um, I'm really bad with grammar. I I don't know a lot of vocabulary. It's a lot of word stuff actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) Listen, we all have strengths. Oh no, I know. That's what I, but I was like, I know that I'm not good at stuff. Yeah. Well, I like that you shared it. You keep full circle. Yeah. So internet and world, like there are a couple things that Puno's not great at. So we don't have to all be looking at her and thinking, why can't we be her? We all have our own great skills too. We are all shiny diamonds in the sky. Yeah. You've been listening to This Guy's Legit. This episode was produced by me, Rachel Dorsey, with editing by Drew Dorsey and original music by Taylor Joshua Rankin. This Guy's Legit is executive produced by Boningold. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe to get the next episode automatically. And if you really like what you heard, leave a review. And follow us on Instagram at This Guy's Legit. 